If you don't, then what's going to happen is it's always going to be a tug of war between what God said and what you feel. Say what God said and what I feel. And God just seems to send all of the intellectuals to our church. So one of the issues that we deal with is what, I, what, I, what, what I'm able to comprehend, what I'm able to feel, what I'm able to know, what I'd heard before. But when it comes from the word of God you, and, it, and it starts challenging that, don't get offended. Tell God, help me and ask him, help me so that this can, come, this can become a part of my life. So people who are thinkers, <clears throat> the kingdom needs thinkers. I said the kingdom of God needs intellectual people. The kingdom of God needs people who are, who are smart and intellectual. But I'm going to tell you where, where smarts and, 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 and being intellectual clashes with the kingdom of God. It clashes when you don't understand but God says do. There's sometimes when God will say do. Remember the woman that, that, that uh, the widow woman that, that, had the, that, that was about to make the last cake for her and her son. The prophet shows up and says make me a cake first. That's one of the hardest things to do because he didn't tell her, well, if you make the cake for me, then you're going to be blessed the rest of your days. And then family, he said, make a cake for me. She had to make a, she had to put her intellect aside because she said, I'm going to, the intellect spoke, I'm making a cake for me and my son, then we're going to die. That's the only thing naturally that we can do in a famine is if this all I have left, I'm going to eat this and that's it for us. We're going to die. That's intellectual thinking. He says, make me a cake first. Challenges her, her, her intellectual thought process because faith has nothing to do with intellect. Faith has nothing to do with intellect. And, and intellectual people have a hard time with faith because faith means you have to trust although you don't see. Thomas was like, well, if, if he died, then I, I'm not going to believe until I see it. I want to put my finger in the hole in his hand, the hole in his side. Jesus showed up and was like, yeah, come on. And then Jesus said something to him that is amazing. Blessed is the person who believes although they don't see because there's a lot of times when God is going to challenge watch this what you what you think you know versus what he's saying he'll always challenge that because what is he trying to do he wants you to be smart he wants you to read books he wants you to have intellect but he wants you to trust him by faith there's a time for everything there's a time for intellect there's a time for having intellectual conversations then there's a time to pray we can sit down and talk about how our budget is crazy all day long and say who's the overspender, what's happening. Oh, we can just pray and believe God. Eventually, you're going to have to take a stand and say, I have, I have great thoughts, I have great vision, I have all of this, but if I don't exhibit Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean not to my own understanding, and in all of my ways I have to acknowledge him, and then somebody say he'll direct my path. He will direct your path if you can get if you can get in trust mode. Say, I trust you, God. Say this: less worry, more faith. Less worry, more faith. That's a word for this house. Less worry, more faith. You're gonna see God do more for you when you when you move out of worry and jump into faith. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I believe you, and I cast all these cares on you. I can't work enough hours to pay all my bills. Come on, eventually you're going to have to trust God or go under. I'd rather, I'd rather go under trusting God, but if you trust him, you won't go under. Bible said, I want, he said I was young, but now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsake. I don't know about y'all, but real righteous folks don't go under.
We may have to be held back for a season, but somebody said we never go under. And right when it seems like he's going to go under, just like Peter, he never went all the way under. He started sinking, but he said, Lord, help me. Because real righteous people know how to call on God before we go all the way under. Somebody said, I won't go under. I'm going to trust God to pull me out of this. And somebody give God a praise. Lord, help me. All right. Mark chapter 4 and verse number 15. And these are the, are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. Say the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown where? In their hearts. Let's read it again. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. We're talking about the key to prosperity. This is part two of the key, keys to prosperity. And um, uh, tonight we were talking, uh, on Tuesday night, uh, rather, we were talking about that the enemy is after the word. If you're going to have true prosperity, you can't have prosperity without having the word of God. And so one of, the, one of the things the enemy does is he loves to, to come after seasons where the word has been sown or you've read the word or to try to keep you from reading the word of God. Somebody say the enemy is after the word. Satan is after the word because he knows that if he can stop you from renewing your mind with the word, then he, can, he, he has the right to defeat you. Because the only thing that can stop him is the word of God within you that you live and you do. Amen. So we talked about that. We talked a little bit about that, that the enemy's number one weapon uh, for us is, as believers, is the lack of knowledge. Say the lack of knowledge. The lack of knowledge, the lack of knowledge is the enemy's number one weapon. It's not poverty. It's not doubt. It's not fear. It is the lack of knowledge because the Bible says my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. So, so if, if Satan can keep you in a place of not having a, 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 a vast understanding about a season, about what's going on in your life, about relationships, about what's going on in your mind, if he can keep you in a place of not knowing, then he can ultimately defeat you. It's interesting that the Bible doesn't say, and we said this on Tuesday, that we're not destroyed for a lack of money, not destroyed for a lack of faith, but we're destroyed, somebody say, for the lack of knowledge. And what we said on Tuesday is whatever area you lack knowledge in is the area you suffer the most in. Any area you don't have enough knowledge in is the area of your suffering. Because Satan will always fight you in a place where he tries to keep you ignorant and devoid of the word of God. If I don't get knowledge, then, and, and we, you, you can actually trace this, some of our biggest fights come in the places where we don't have enough knowledge. If you don't know how money works, then money is a, is a horrible area for you. If you don't know how to, how to relate to people and don't know how to, how to talk and how to have relationships, not relations, relationship, talking, communicate. If communication is rough for you, it's going to be hard to have relationships. If getting along with people is rough for you, if you don't trust anybody, it's going to be hard to have friendships. Yes. And so this is the issue. Most people never ever claim that they have an issue or a deficiency. Right. So because we don't, because the only way you can ever get help about in any area is you have to be able to say, I have a weakness here. Right. I have a deficiency here. This is a problem for me. Right. So most people don't even come into relationships and explain to their new friends where their problems lie. We're going to be friends. Let me just tell you up front, I got a problem with calling folk back. Right, right, right. <laughs> Let me just tell you, I don't, I don't answer the phone. Right. 
Let me just tell you, I don't, I, I don't do the texting at all. But if you call me, I'll pick up the phone. I, every, every two or three weeks or even every, every month or every other month, I, I just fall away from everybody. I don't want to be bothered with folk. I get a little funny after a while. I just feel like, you know, I don't want to be bothered with nobody. And I'm going to be missing an action from about another month. So I'm going to be with you for a month. I might not be with you for another month. Be with you for another I, I want to tell you this up front so you know how to be a friend to me. Instead of me having to find you and be like, what happened? Lord Jesus, I prayed that the worst ain't happened. No, I just ain't feel like talking to you. Y'all real quiet. And because we, we don't, we, we, now, now let me ask this question. How many of you in this room know the areas of your deficiencies? You know the areas that there's something wrong with you. A lot of them. Any of them. Okay, all the hands on them. Okay. I know what's wrong with me. I know the areas where, I know the areas in relationship where I struggle. I know, I know financially how I struggle. I know that I can't keep a whole lot of money on me if I'm going shopping. That's me. You can come in the store with $1,000 and walk out with $998. If I walk in with $1,000, i am walking out with nothing. I know me, so what I have to do is I have to make provisions for my weakness until it's not a weakness any longer. So, so I have 1000 but I'm only taking 200 with me. And with the 200 I have, my goal is to only spend 50. I might fail, but at least I had a, I had a plan. Y'all get what I'm saying? As opposed to going there, going to the mall, going out, going to the outlet, and spending the whole thousand, and then talking about Satan, the blood of the little Jesus, the Lord, what's going on? No, then it's not Satan, it's not the blood, no, there's none of that. It was you. Right. Oh, we're quiet today. This ain't had nothing to do with the devil. This had everything to do with a lack of knowledge about, or you, uh, uh, a lack of knowledge about the areas where you have an issue, uh, have issues at. So write this out of it, taking notes. I have to know my weaknesses. What good, is it, what good is it being a Christian, being in Christ, but never allowing Christ to deal with the problems you got? Amen. What good is it to be a Christian and be, call yourself saved and sanctified and Holy Ghost filled and have in and, 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 and relationship with God, but don't ever, don't ever get in a place where God can deal with your stuff because you, you don't give him truth on, on the inward part? Your prayers, Lord, deal with my enemies. Stop them. Flip the cars over. Lord, Lord everybody that's coming up against me. I pray. Your, your prayers all defensive. All your prayers are defensive and your prayers never about you and your issues and your, your, your pain and the stuff that you mask. You know, it's, ne it's never an issue of what you're dealing with. So because of that, Satan always fights us in areas where we can't be truthful at because we want to act like we got it all together. Somebody say, I'm, I'm a work in progress. We, we went and talked about the woman that had this issue of blood. She had this infirmity for 12 years. And, and, and what we said was that before the woman could, could win in the area of healing, she had to win over her ignorance. Because this is what she said. If I can touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. And, and the Amplified says it like this. And this just blessed us. This is, I think, where, where Bible study took a turn. She heard the reports of Jesus. She heard the reports. We y'all just get just get Tuesday's download. If y'all are not getting these downloads, just, just it's five dollars. Just go back there and tell them I want to download. See, sister, sister Olivia's like, see, amen, see me right here. Uh, because this is gonna bless you. I mean, Tuesday night was one for the books. Whew. She heard the reports about Jesus, and then she came behind him in the press and touched his garment. And verse 28 says this: because she kept saying, say she kept saying. What are you continuously saying over and over and over again 
to, to, to deal with any level of ignorance in your life. The way you deal with the way you the way that you deal with a, a level of ignorance, any any level of ignorance, and that's not a bad word. Um, ign- ignorance just means that 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 there's an area that is devoid of wisdom, devoid of knowledge. And so, any 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 if, if you can find a place of of, of in in your life that you're ignorant of wisdom, you're gonna have to keep saying something over and over and over. Because uh, th- think about this: anybody who's ever been afraid of the dark, what you kept rehearsing is, "I'm afraid of the dark." Anybody who's ever been hurt in a relationship and, now, and, and, and right now it's hard to be in a relationship is because you kept saying, I don't, I'm not going to be with nobody. I'm tired of everybody. All men are dogs. I don't ever want to be with nobody. And, and you kept rehearsing this. Now that, now, that, now that you've grown some and it's been a while, now you want to get in something, but your words have caused something to happen. Oh, Lord. So we talked about that. We, uh, and and uh, we, we went into Isaiah 5. Oh, man. I mean, and let, let me tell you all something. Isaiah 5 and Ephesians 4 and 18 just simply revolutionized my whole mentality about knowledge. Isaiah 5, 13 says, my people have gone into captivity. Why? Because they have no knowledge. Yeah. Then it talked about their honorable men of famish. Y'all remember that? Whew. Yeah. And their multitudes are dried up with thirst. I mean, that thing revolutionized us on Tuesday night. And then Ephesians 4.18 says this in, uh, in the Amplified. Their moral understanding is darkened. Their, their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is beclouded. They are alienated or estranged or self-banished. Self-banished from the life of God with no share in it. This is because of the ignorance, the want of knowledge and perception the willful blindness that is deep-seated in them. And it's due to their hardness of heart, to the insensitiveness of their moral nature. That thing just wrecked us on Tuesday night. So we kind of dealt with all that. So let's start here. Go to Ecclesiastes 2. Just write it down. Ecclesiastes 2 and 26. I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. Hallelujah. Any place... And let, let, me, let me make this statement. Any place where wisdom should be flowing will be the, the place of the biggest fight for you. Any place where wisdom should be flowing will be the place of your biggest fights. Because the enemy does not want you to get wisdom. So any place where wisdom is going to flow to you is going to be the place. That's why for a lot of you it's always hard to come to church. Because wisdom is going to flow at this place. It's always going to be hard. There's always going to be something that pops up to keep you from coming to church. And I know in this day and age, people are like, I don't want to come to church, 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 church. But you do work, 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 and you do eat, 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 and you do movie, movie, movie. And, and, so, and so God, we owe God that, that, the time that we give to him, not, 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 just, not, not, not out of obligation only, but we owe it to him because we love him. We gather ourselves together because in, in a, an assembly like this, wisdom is poured out for every type of situation. Every situation. You don't have to have the same thing going on as your sister or your brother. And, and we don't have to have one class meets all uh, or, or just, one, just one level. Everybody here, there's only the, today's service, only for those that are going through hardships. And all we're going to deal with is hardships. I'm so glad that the spirit of, of wisdom is really the spirit of wisdom. And the spirit of God can deal with all kind of stuff. Hardships, mental fatigue, body hurting, all kind of stuff. And healing can take place. Wisdom can be imparted. God can bless somebody. He can save a life. He can come, all of it can happen in one service because God is multifaceted. Or Ecclesiastes 2 and 26. Listen to the word of the Lord in the Amplified. For to the person, watch this, who pleases him... 
What does God give? God gives wisdom and knowledge. Say wisdom and knowledge. And joy. But watch this. But to the sinner, look at what he gives. He gives the work of gathering and heaping up. Why? That he may give to the one who pleases God. My God today. You're not working a job. <laughs> you're not working a job and it's, and, and, it's, it, it, and, and it's so rough for you. That life is, that life, that, or you shouldn't be working a job until the point where it's so, life is so rough for you because you're working and it's so much for you. No, the job of work is not for the, for the righteous, but really for the sinner. According to Ecclesiastes 2, because those of us who are in the kingdom of God, our job is to constantly please God. And when we do that, what does he give us? He gives us wisdom. So watch this. If you want wisdom and knowledge and joy, you first have to please him. Say, I have to please him. What is the only way to please God? By faith. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you can't please God without believing that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who are after him diligently. If you stay after God diligently for anything, he calls that faith and he's pleased by it. So the question is this, when is the last time you stayed upon your God for something? When's the last time you prayed until, until rain came? When's the last time you prayed until that job, until either God moved you or advanced you at that place? When's the last time you walked in that apartment and said, I'm not doing this another year. I'm going to stay on my God until a house comes. When's the last time, you, come on here, when's the last time you moved from renting to owning because you prayed? When's the last time, when's the last time that you said, all this debt is going to leave here because you prayed and God worked a miracle because you stayed upon your God. He calls it faith. You call it being a pest. God said, you're not pestering me. Every time you come before me, another layer is breaking off of this. Every time you come before me I'm working something else out every time you come before me I am rerouting something that should have hit you and before it's over your faith is going to please me and when I'm pleased with you according to Ecclesiastes 2 he says I'm going the first thing I'm going to give you is wisdom say I want godly wisdom God now what is godly wisdom godly wisdom is applying God's common sense to situations it is applying God's common sense to, wisdom, to, to situations. This is our issue. We apply our common sense to issues that are spiritual in nature. The fight that you're going through is not about your landlord. It's not about, it's not about your neighbor. It's not about somebody who left your life. It is a spiritual attack coming against you. And why? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So if you if if what if what if, if if the enemy wants you to stop giving, so he's attacked your finances. He he may use a bill, or he may use a circumstance, or he may use a, a vehicle. The issue is not the vehicle. The issue is what's what's pushing the vehicle. And because because we don't look because that's that's our issue. We have problems with people when we should have problem with the spirit that's pushing them. Woo. Lord, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't wait, y'all like, oh. The issue is not the person. The issue is not the job. The issue is not the apartment. The, the apartment is the vehicle that Satan's pushing. 
And sometimes God has to let it be pushed to make you uncomfortable so that you can pray and tap into wisdom. Because before now, you wouldn't pray. Before now, you were too busy shopping. You was too busy building a business. You were too busy building relationships. But God knows how to allow Satan enough room, just enough to push something to prompt you to get into his presence. Lord. And when you start praying for godly wisdom, God says, move your common sense out the way. Because wisdom is, your common sense is so common that the enemy is able to run you over with it. God's preaching to somebody today. But watch it, somebody say, God has common sense too. God's common sense is his wisdom. And where does that wisdom come from? His word. Your common sense versus God's common sense is what God says, your way is not my way because your common sense leads you to a common solution but my common sense my word leads you to a God solution the question is I'm in a rut but what does God want out of this I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going through a tight season but what is God trying to do out of this watch this my eyes have to be open to what God is trying to get out of this what kind of glory is he trying to get out of this thing here what, what, is God, what is God's agenda for allowing me to be in this? Is my issue just that you hate me and you want me to fail and you want me to fall? Or is the agenda that God's trying to push me and make my enemies my footstool? And because we don't know God's agenda, we stay away from God's common sense. The word of God is our last resort because we're trying to use all of our sense to achieve something that is really spiritual in nature. All right. So everybody say godly wisdom. So godly wisdom is applying God's common sense or it is the correct application of his word. Now watch. This is a microphone. I could use this microphone to hammer a nail in. But I will damage the microphone doing that because this was not designed for hammering a nail. It was designed for for, for amplification. So watch this. When you have God's word, but you only use God's word as a method of defense, but you don't use God's word as a method of offense, before a problem comes, you build yourself up with the word. You put on the whole armor of God. So that you can be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. That is offensive in nature. Before he tries to hit hit you with a dart, you have to already have on the armor. Y'all see what I'm saying? Say offensive living. Most of us live in such a a way that after the enemy hits us, now we want to get into fighting mode. You should have been fighting before he ever came. Lord, okay, okay. So watch this. The correct application of the word is where we fail at. We don't apply God's word and put pressure on situations and put pressure on financial, on financial difficulties and put pressure on our children and put pressure on things that, that, that don't line up to his word. What we do is we cry about more stuff than we ought to put the pressure of the word on it. We get upset about more stuff than we do turning to the word and seeing what God's word says about it so that we can correctly apply that to this. 
Watch this. So, so if you're ever going to walk in prosperity, bodily, body prosperity, being in health, mental prosperity, spiritual prosperity, or even financial prosperity, you're going to have to do this. Say, I have to do the word. Oh, come on, say that. Say, I have to do the word. You got to apply it. Go, okay, write down Joshua 1 and 7. I got to move quickly. I got 25 minutes, and I'm going to be finishing 25 too. Joshua 1 and 7. New King James. I'm going to read it in your hearing. Just write it down, and, uh, and um, it ha- they'll have it on the screen, hopefully. Joshua 1 and 7. It says, only be strong. This is God talking to Joshua. Only be strong and very courageous. Why? That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand, to the left, that you may what? Come on, say that word. This is a key to prosperity, that you may prosper where? Wherever you go. God's ultimate plan for us as kingdom citizens and his children is for us to prosper in in everything. Say prosper in everything. Say God wants me to prosper in everything. If you're going to take a test, God wants you to prosper. He wants you to pass. If come on, if come on, a lot of us don't get this. If you're starting a business, God wants you to prosper. Come on, come on here. Watch this. Watch this. Even if you're leaving a relationship, God wants you to prosper. Now, now let me help you. They don't have to go under for you to prosper. There's a way to walk away from people, and you just say, you know what? It didn't work. But I'm going my way. Abraham and Lot did this. Oh God. Sometimes you got to part ways with folks because watch this. You two coming together is more damaging to your life and to you being a kingdom citizen than staying together. So sometimes you will have to walk away from people. But when you walk away, God, God wants you to prosper even in your walking away. So even when you walk away from folks, you got to keep your integrity. Even if you walk away from people, you got to keep your mouth shut. Even if you're walking away from a, from a friendship, you got to say, look, it didn't work, but guess what? We had a great time. And as you go your way, I'm praying God prospers you. Because you can best believe that as you look for me, I will not be in this same place the next year this time. Watch. God, say, God wants me to prosper. Wherever I go. And in everything I do. All right, so let's talk about what it means to prosper. Write, write this down, prosper. Write down the word prosper. Let me give you some definitions. The word prosper, first of all, means to have insight. To have insight. To see things that no one else sees. It's not just about money. It's not just about f- financial gain. It will come. You want to know, know why a lot of people are financially stable or, or rich? It's because they're meeting needs because they, they, God has caused them to prosper. They have insight. They see things that nobody else sees. Somebody somebody had to see that all the people in the world was going to talk together, although they couldn't be together, so somebody created Facebook. That man's prospering because he had insight to see something years before any of us even knew it. We had little little, little, little tiny versions of that in Black Planet, in uh, uh, what's it, MySpace? Come on here, uh, go back even further. Some of y'all don't even know about this AOL group chats. Y'all real quiet MSN groups. Like all of this stuff, we had little phases of this. But what what Zuckerberg had to do was he had to have insight to see how to put all of those in one. 
See, somebody has to see this issue. You don't have to reinvent anything. You just have to have insight to see all the pieces and put all of it together to make something better than what you've already had. Do that and you'll prosper. All right, so, so everybody say to have insight. The prosper also means to have understanding. So, so insight is to, to, to see things that no one else sees. Understanding means to know things that no one else knows. To know things that no one else knows. How do you get to know things no one else knows with the Holy Ghost? He will lead you and guide you into all truth. How much truth? How much truth? No, just a little piece of truth. No, all truth. If he has all truth, then why aren't we much more smarter? No, honestly. If we, got, if we have access to the one who has all truth, then why are we struggling in any area? We want the quick fix. We want to give it to me. I just need to know this right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. How do I do this? What do I do? How do, I do? How do I? And we don't want to wait. See, Lord Jesus, this generation is so microwavish in our ideas, in our mentality. We don't want to work through stuff. Think about this. We, does anybody even still carry paper? Most people don't. This generation don't carry nothing. Think about this. Just to, just to be able to, to, to get a, a real God idea means you might have to go through 40 pieces of paper, scratching stuff out, writing another idea, scratching it out, writing another idea. You're just deleting stuff. No, because I might have to come back to that one. Once you delete it, you can't, you can't get it back. So you... <laughs> We have, it, we have this idea that, watch this, quick is always good. Quick may be detrimental to your health. You don't believe me? Cook something in the microwave. Eat microwave food for a year versus eating somebody's cooking on a stove. Baking it. Baked chicken can't be made in the microwave. It can't, it can't be. I mean, you, you can do it, but it ain't going to taste right. You got you, you, You're gonna have to put that bad boy in the oven, in one of them tin foil, them, them tin foil little things. Put the little foil on top of it and let the juices go. It ain't right until you open up and hit a sizzle. Y'all know y'all want to talk to me, and I'm hungry right now in Jesus' name. It's time for Sunday Sunday dinner. But y'all understand what I'm saying? Fried chicken, no matter who does it, who, no matter if it's uh, uh, Marie Callender, or none of the, uh, the any of them, Howard Johnson, whoever does it, it ain't right. The chicken don't even look right when you fry it. It just look like it's, it tastes like rubber. But let let somebody let somebody get a flour mix. Dip that stuff in the egg and just and just flour it up, and then just put in a. You, you hear what I'm saying? The process of that means you might have to wait longer. You might get popped a couple of times. You might get popped a couple of times, but the end result is going to be mouth-watering. But it means you got to have patience to wait because there's a process that that food has to go through in order to taste like it does. This is what we don't want to do. We don't want to occupy until the process is finished. 
So I, I, I used to do, I used to be like this. Uh, I said, Mama, uh, my mother used to make sweet potato pies, and she was cooked for the mayor, cooked for, cooked for uh, city officials, and, uh, and had a very prosperous business. And I said, Mama, we're going to eat. She goes, yeah, we're going to eat, but it's going to take some time before I'm able to give any of this to you because it has to be cooked thoroughly. I said, well, I'm hungry right now. Thoroughly, I don't care about thoroughly. When the microwaves just came out, and we didn't realize how crazy they, they used to tell you, like, stand back away from it, raise it, you know, like, it was real out. And all that. You push a button, and you knew it was the microwave because the lights went dim. It was really horrible. So my mom was like, something about that ain't right, so I'm going to cook everything. Right? So I said, so what am I supposed to do? Because I'm hungry. She said, well, go upstairs and clean up. Not go outside and play. I walked past your closet today and realized that you threw a lot of stuff in there when you said you cleaned the room last time. So how about you, if you want to eat tonight, see, this whole generation is lost already. If you want to eat tonight, why don't you go upstairs and work on your room and, and I'm going to time this so perfectly that by the time you finish with that, I'll be finished with this. And if you come down and I know you didn't finish that, I'm going to send you back up to do something else. So I'm doing work in your room. I work in my room, upset, mad. And in the middle of work, she goes, all right, time to eat. I'm like, well, I'm not finished yet. This, 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 this issue, we want, we want perfection, but we don't want to occupy until perfection is finished. You want to be rich. You want to have money, but you don't want, you don't want to work anywhere. Okay. Oh no. Okay. So the prosperity is to have insight. It also means I just the whole church is like, huh? It also means to have understanding. Watch this. Pro, the prosper means everybody said to flourish, to, flourish. to thrive. To it means to do well. Watch this. It means to progress. But it also means this: to be ahead of everyone else. To prosper means to be ahead of everyone else. Tell someone, do the word. Come on, tell someone else, do the word. Now, look at what, look at what God says to him, to, to Joshua. We are still in Joshua 1 and 7. He says to him, if you don't turn from the word, from the left or the right, you're going to prosper. You're going to have insight, see things that no one else sees. You're going to have understanding, know things that no one else knows. You're going to flourish. You're going to thrive. You're going to do well. You're going to progress. And you're going to be ahead of everyone else where Ever you go. Does that sound like the blessing? Yeah. It works everywhere in every season. It works, somebody said the blessing works everywhere. Every season, in every time frame, no matter what's going on in your life, you're supposed to be blessed. You're supposed to prosper. And it's never supposed to run out according to, according to what God said to Joshua. Why? Because it all has to do with knowing understanding and doing the word if you can know understand and do the word then guess what according to this God says you're going to prosper have insight understanding flourish thrive do well progress and be ahead of everyone else wherever you go wherever you go somebody say wherever I go the blessing is going to show up all right Remember what, 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 what God says in verse number seven. He tells him, he says, in order for you to even do the word, because now we got to go backwards, because now we know we have to do the word. Right. Say, I have to do the word. Say, I know I have to do the word. 
But he says to Joshua in, in verse number seven, you go back a verse, he says, in order for you to, in order for you to do the word, he says, you're going to have to be, matter of fact, I think it's, uh, uh, it's, it's back up in seven. Yeah, he says, uh, you're going to have to be strong and very courageous to do the word. So a lot of people don't realize that I'm, I'm doing the work. But you don't realize it takes strength and courage to do it. In order to just be a doer, you know James says, don't be just a hearer only, but, 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 but become a doer of the word. Because then, then you're going to see the, the things of God manifest. Most people don't realize this. In order to just do the word, in order to be a doer of the word, you have to, you got to possess strength and courage. All right, so, so he says, be strong and very courageous. Write down strong. I'm, I'm giving y'all a, a mini Bible study right in Sunday service. To be strong means, and they don't have this in their notes, but I'm, 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 I'm going to give it to y'all now. Uh, to be strong means to prevail. To pre Everybody say to prevail. Come on, say it like you got some gut. Say, 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 say it. Prevail. Say to prevail. You know what the word prevail means? It means to win. It means to succeed past problems. So, so God says to him, only be thou strong or, or only have the spirit to prevail, to win or succeed past problems. To, to be strong means also means to harden or toughen up. You can't, be, you can't be a person that exhibits strength, but you're softy. What is God saying? If you, this is what he's saying to Joshua. If you're gonna, if you're gonna be in a place where you're gonna prosper in all that you do, you're gonna have to be able to say and know and do the word. But in order to say no and do the word, you're gonna have to be one that prevails, that moves and succeeds past every problem. That means when I see a problem, I, I don't give up because of a problem. I tell the problem you're about to give up because you just met me. I speak the problems. Come on, say it. I speak the problems. Come on, say, I speak to mountains. I speak to difficulties. I speak to impossibilities. I tell all of them, you're about to back up. You're about to bow to Jesus Christ because I'm the serve. Come on here. He says to be strong also means to harden or toughen up. It also means to, 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 uh, to be firm. It also means, watch this, everybody say to be resolute. Resolute, R-E-S. O-L-U-T-E, resolute. This is what it means. This is what resolute means. It means purposefully determined. Yes. I, somebody said, I'm determined on purpose. I'm determined on purpose. Woo! If you ever felt like a coward and wanted to give up, you're not going to prosper everywhere you go. Because you're going to have opposition that tries to hit you to stop you from being who God called you to be, to stop your money from flowing, to stop you from succeeding at your job. And if you got a little bit of fight and want to go home and cry, then you don't have what it takes to be strong and courageous. This is why we are in the world. Watch this. Well, we are not of the world. Oh God. Somebody say, I'm not of the world. You're in the world, but you, but watch this. You have something in you that is, that is, that is from glory. You have been born I, oh, come on, say a born again. That means when God saves you, he puts something in you that the world doesn't even understand. How are you back at work after they just got finished telling you that your whole floor is going to clear out because of the floor in my source. The boss ain't my source. My manager ain't my source. The president's not my source. And I can't roll over in a fetal position and cry because this job is going to, if this one is over, then God has another one for me. Promotion doesn't come from the north, south, east, and west. But God is.
break down one God puts up another and if I stay in his will if I get strength and courage if I do say and understand the word then wherever I go send me over to CBN I'll become a vice president send me over to the library I'll become the head librarian send me over to sewer management I'll take over sewer management wherever I go just like Joseph the blessing is on me and I will prosper wherever I show up at I come into place and tell everybody you better hold your job near and dear to you because a kingdom citizen just showed up and if God be for me somebody shout if God be for me don't you dare try to act like you're a second class citizen you are not of this world so when you show up places somebody said the kingdom shows up give God a praise Right. Right. We're just trying to get through being strong. Say be strong. be strong. To be resolute also means it means to be purposefully determined, but it also means to be single-minded. Yes, Say single-minded. Single-minded. All of this has to do with being strong. Watch this. Weakness comes because you have too many thoughts dividing you. When you're weak, it means you have too many thoughts that are divided. They're divided. Divided thoughts. Today you're up. Tomorrow you're down. Next week you don't know what you want to do. Today you want to kill them. Today, tomorrow you want to. The next day you don't know. You lose strength. Watch this. You lose strength when your mind is divided. When you're double-minded. When you why why because single-mindedness is a part of a part of the kingdom structure that brings strength to you. Singleness of mind is God's weapon for us. To keep us in a place, watch this, where the enemy can't fight us from purpose. Single-mindedness is what you need. I'm on a job. They don't like me being here. They're threatened by me because of what's in me. I am so single-minded that I walk into a room where I know everybody here don't like me. And I'll smile at everybody because what y'all don't realize is I know something y'all don't know. I have backing that is so deep, it's deeper than the Rockefeller's pockets. God help me. And before I lose a job, the whole place will shut down. See, y'all don't like that kind of talk. That's how kingdom citizens ought to talk. See, y'all don't like, y'all look like, that's how you ought to be thinking. That's how you ought to be exhibiting. Now watch, you can't exhibit that if you're slipshod in work. If you don't have an excellent spirit, you are late every day talking about the kingdom has showed up. That ain't God's kingdom. The kingdom has showed up and you don't have no spirit of excellence. You taking 30 minutes past your 30 minutes of lunch. Talking about they understand I've been doing this for five years. You'll never be promoted in a place that you don't respect the ordinances that have been placed. Tell me you're a kingdom citizen. The kingdom citizen has to have a spirit of excellence so that you can be qualified for upgrades. God never promotes people, watch this, who break rules on purpose. But he breaks rules on purpose for people that obey him. If you break the rules, you don't get promotion. But if you follow him and operate it with excellence, he breaks the rules for you. This is why he said the first shall be last. 
on the last Sabbath first and no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper it's part of your inheritance for you and I to walk into places and take over I've never owned a property like this before I've never managed a hotel before I have never been in this kind of situation I got in here because my cousin Ray Ray got me up in here right now I'm in this hotel I'm only making beds but this ain't gonna be for long because the head person over the bench is going to recommend me to go down and, and, and stand at the front desk. Then the front desk manager is going to, is going to get sick one day and I'm going to stand in and run the hotel. Then they're going to ask me, who do I want to hire and fire? See, what we don't realize is we look at stuff as this is how it's always going to be. But the Bible says, while we look not at the things which are seen. This is all a part of prosperity. This is about being strong and courageous. I have to have be hard enough watch this and be tough enough and be strong enough and courageous enough and firm enough and resolute enough to be in a situation but don't let the situation break me until I break through it all right we, we, we're, just, we're just dealing with uh Joshua 1 Joshua 1 7 all right say courageous so we all know what it means to be strong right I hope so I just spent 15 minutes yelling at y'all about strong all right so okay Second thing is, everybody say, be courageous. Be courageous. Remember, we're, we're in, we're in um, Joshua 1 and 7. Only be strong and courageous that you may observe to do the word. Right. So then you're going to make your way prosperous and you're going to prosper wherever you go, right? Now watch, watch. To be courageous, he says, be very courageous. The word courageous here means to be steadfast in your mind. Again, unwavering in your thought process. But you can't be unwavering in a thought process that is not kingdom. Some of us are unwavering in our thought process, but we're wrong. Unwavering in a wrong thought process. Because it's not, it's not biblical. It's more structured mentally. All right? But you got to be steadfast in a mindset that coincides with the word of God. It also, the word courageous also means to be bold and brave. It means, watch this, to everybody say these words, exhibit strength. Exhibit strength. That means you got to show strength. What does that mean? The whole definition I just gave you about being strong means you have to show that. You have to be, you got to show that you're one who prevails. You got to show that you're, that you're tough enough to take it. You got to show that you're firm. You got to show that you're resolute or purposely determined. You got to show that you're single-minded and unswerving in your thought processes. Now, when you show that, you're exhibiting courage. God says to Joshua, be strong, watch this, and very courageous. So this is what the Lord said to me. Your part in crossing over the bridge of chronic lack and, and, and the natural realm into supernatural prosperity and the spiritual and spiritual realm is found in those three words I just told you earlier. Everybody say, do, do the, the word. word. Say, do the word. word. This means, watch this. You're going to have to be able to, for every season you're in, you're going to have to be able to find scriptures that promise you. Promise you the expected end that God gave you in his word. Find it and then stand on it. Say it and then do it. 
Okay, okay. Let me, I'll give you this disclaimer in my last two minutes. Realize this. The moment you decide to stand on God's word, especially in the era of prosperity, is the moment the enemy is going to try to attack your finances. I got to give the disclaimer. In any area, when you make up your mind, I'm done. I'm going to be, I'm going to be faithful. I'm coming to church every week. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. The moment you make up your mind is the moment the fight comes to test whether or not you get, you're saying words or you mean what you say. Think of a bully. You tell a bully, leave me alone. Bully says, what you going to I'm going to punch you in your face. Bully says, I'll punch you in my face then. And if you don't mean, you got, you got a shot now. You got a shot. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever seen a bully? And the bully messing with somebody and the kid saying, leave me alone. What you going to do about it, little Johnny? I'll punch you in your mouth. Okay, here. Yeah. You got a shot now, Johnny. What you going to do? If Johnny would just rear back. If Johnny would just say, the blood of Jesus prevails. If Johnny would just say, God, get behind this fist like you got behind David's stones. He'll never have a bully problem ever again. There will never be a bully problem in Johnny's life. How many of y'all know Johnny Drew? When you start declaring the word of God and standing on the word of God, Satan says, oh yeah? What you gonna do about it? He starts to try to mess with it in every area that you stand on the word with. And this is what we do. It's gotten so rough, I should have never said what I said. No, 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 no. What you should do is start doing more what you've done because obviously it's causing the bully to start having to taunt you. This is where the church misses it. When hard times come, it don't mean you sin all the time. <laughs> if you're standing on the word about something, whether it's healing, okay, how many of y'all have ever been in a situation where something's wrong in your body and you start saying, with well, the stripes, I'm healed, and it felt like the pain stayed there or it got worse? Now, okay, put your hands out. Don't put your hand up for this part. Just answer, answer internally. How many of y'all kept staying on the word and putting pressure on the pain and putting pressure on the sickness and putting pressure on that infirmity? Most times what we do is, I'm going to sleep this off. Got to get some pills. Let me drug up. Let me do this. What we don't do is we don't spend time putting pressure, the pressure of the word on a problem. So let me tell you, we're preaching about money and what Satan's going to try to do is touch everything that you got. Why? He wants to uproot the word. Say he wants to uproot the word. The truth is the devil, he, now hear this, hear what I'm going to tell you. The devil is afraid of any spirit-filled believer who knows their rights and privileges in Christ. And those especially who can act on that word. If you start acting on the word, the enemy's going to try to kick up. But he has no power against you because the word is powerful, more powerful than he is. So watch this. God's purpose in exhorting Joshua to do according to all the word was to show him the part that he played. Say, I play a part in this now. The part he played in receiving his prosperity. So the key to prosperity for Joshua was do the word. Don't be devoid of the word. Know the word. Do the word. Say, know the word. Do the word. Now, 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 now think about this. Joshua, God's telling Joshua, don't settle no more. He's just taken over. He, this guy's taken over one of the biggest jobs in the world. He's filling big shoes. He's taken over from Moses. 
the Moses, the, the guy. When the Pharaoh said, let my people go, God said. I mean, the man that put out the rod in the water, oh my God, he's taking over him. He turns around and says, I got 3,000, I mean, 3 million people following me. That's a big job. You got three kids, you're like, Lord, please send help. <laughs> you got three friends, you're like, Lord, what am I doing? <laughs> right? Now, this man got three million, three million people who he has to be responsible for getting them out of, uh, out of slavery with Moses into a wilderness. Now he, has to, now he has to get them from that wilderness into what God promised. And God says to him, now watch, remember this. It was never God's will for them to be 40 years in the wilderness. They were not supposed to be there for no 40 years. But because they didn't mix the faith of God's word, all of the promises with what God said and act on it, they had to wander. Whenever you don't mix faith with the word of God, you're going to wander for a while. So in Joshua 1, God plans a second chance for them. He's I'm going to help y'all get out of this. He tells them, watch this, in verse number 5 of, of Joshua 1, look at all the stuff God's telling them. Like God has given them a no-fail-proof plan. It's not going to fail. No man shall be able to stand before you. All the days of your life. Now, if God said, can't nobody stand before you for the rest of your life, would you ever be afraid of anybody? I mean, God is talking to you personally. You, the heavens open up and God says, listen to me. You're like, God, yes. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now you hear that and that's God, right? You're like, wait a minute, the ground is shaking. You're like, oh, wait a minute, Jesus, oh God. You don't come out of that talking about who we got to go up against. Oh, this is a lot. How are we going to do this? How are we going to make it? What's going to happen? He just told you to be strong and courageous. <laughs> once you grasp it, we'll end with this. Once you grasp the fact, that you grasp the fact that the one that was with Joshua and Moses, he was with them, but now he dwells in you. He would say, with them, in me. He was, he was with Moses. He said, I'll be with you. But when Jesus left, he said, the comfort is coming to live in you. Now you got the same one who told Moses, I'm going to be with you and no man shall be able to stand before you. Uh, if he said it to one, it applies to all. Now watch. If you can grasp the fact that he's in you now, you won't make any any excuses for financial failure ever again? You can't use a maybe I'm broke because my upbringing. Maybe I'm like it's because you know because I was I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. Mm -mm. Say I have help now. God's God's now listen to this. God's message to Joshua is the same message to us today. I'm going to prosper you and put prosperity in your hands. You control it. And your part in controlling it is to do my word. Say, I have control of this. When you become a doer of the word, you control your prosperity. 
Let that sink in for a minute. You're not waiting on God to bless you. Oh, Lord. You ain't waiting on God to open up a blessing for you. God's got a blessing. With my name on it, it's cute singing. It's, it's, it's real nice. It's, it's, it's sultry. It's like, that's, oh, that's a beat. It's nice. It's nice, right? But, but, but it's not really biblical. Because the blessing he gave you was already given to you in the finished works of Jesus. When Jesus said, it is finished, your prosperity was already completed for your bloodline when he shed his blood. It's done. You ain't got to beg him for this. You ain't got to cry for this. You ain't got to spit on the floor. We ain't got to throw up. You ain't got to do no kind of crazy stuff. All you got to do is know the word and do it. He told Joshua, if you will get courage and strength to just do the word, everywhere you go, you will prosper. Say my prosperity is already locked up. It's already, now watch this. If it's been rough for you, trace how much of the word you know and how much of the word you're doing. How much of the word you know and how much of the word you're doing. If you don't know the word, then that means you need to cut off social media. You need to get in your Bible. You need to start reading. You need to start studying. You need to start writing out scriptures. You need to start memorizing scriptures. You need to start meditating, thinking on them, muttering them, saying them all day long until it becomes a part of who you are. And then after you say it and, and know it, then you got to do it. Do, say, say, say this, do the word. If we could just catch this, this is the biggest key to prosperity. The biggest key to prosperity is not how, how big of a job you can get. Not about, it's not about how many hours you can work. It's not about having 15 jobs and all of them working 85 hours and you can't even see. You're seeing triples of everything. That's not prosperity. That's actually self-abuse. That's self-abuse. You are abusing your body, running it into the ground because you're trying to produce something that has already been produced for you. And so a lot of us are taking the hard way to get what God promised us freely. Freely. Lord, help me. It's here. Somebody says, mine. Say, it belongs to me. Now watch. How come we're not seeing it? We're not seeing it because we're not putting enough pressure of the word on the situation. And we're not doing enough of it. Okay, so watch this. How do, how do I get returns in the kingdom? Anybody know? Give and it shall, it shall be given back unto you. How? Good measure. Press down, shaking together, running over. Now, this is the issue. We cry when it's time to give. And we get upset when it's time to give when giving is the mold that gets you back. So this is what we do. We cry because we ain't getting enough hours at our jobs. When with the hours you got, you ain't giving. So we take more time away from, from church time to get more hours to still not give. And then, and then on top of all of that, we cry to God that he ain't meeting our need. When your need was never wrapped up in your job. Your need 
is wrapped up in your seed. Every time I sow, I am a doer of the word. And because I put pressure on the word on every situation. If I, I'm telling you, people who say to me, let me tell you something. When you have a poverty mentality and someone says give, you get offended because you think, if I want to give my last, well, if I ain't got no, why are they trying to get me to give it all? Why are people trying to get me to give my money if I ain't got no money? Look, think, think about the mentality. Do you believe the word? When I had no money and they would say, sow your way out, I'd be like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Give your way out of poverty. How can I give my way out of poverty? Because if you're poor, what you going to give? What, whatever you got. Because if you give and put your faith, y'all come on from Tuesday night. Y'all remember talking about the faith? And last Sunday too, the, with the measure. If you put your faith behind the measure you're giving, it'll be multiplied in the kingdom. I gave a hundred, but in the kingdom of God, I gave, I gave a hundred thousand because my faith behind the hundred multiplied it, the measure of it in the kingdom. You see what I'm saying? What we don't do is we don't put pressure of the word on it so we don't give because we're looking at something we can see with our natural eyes. I don't have enough so I don't give anything because I'm trying to save for what I don't have. And you stay in that, in that season and cycle all because, all because the way to get out is by doing the word. Is it making sense? When's the last time you put pressure on any part of your finances that you weren't prospering in? I need much more. I, after I pay all of my bills out a month, I need at least $2,000 extra in my hand. Amen. Or I need 5000 more every month so I can start a business and do what I got to do. How do you get there from right now? I only got, a, I only got 50 left. Somewhere you're going to have to take a leap of faith and trust God with what you now have in your hand and tell God, I'm willing to trust you with what I have in my hand until you multiply what I have left over. Yes. This is how we make it with seven children. People are like, how you have a... Okay, one, two, three, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twelve, thirty. Fifty people in here right now. Fifty people in here right now. If fifty people gave a hundred dollars, how much would that be? If fifty people gave a hundred dollars, how much would that be? Huh? If fifty people gave a hundred dollars... It will be 5000 Y'all are 58000 That's why you can't grow. It will be around about $5,000. 50, 100, move to zeros. Let's move to zeros. It'll be around about $5,000. Okay, right? $5,000. Now watch. $5,000. If, I'm going to give y'all a glimpse. I'm going to give you a glimpse. If I, if I got 5000 if, if every person that gave me $100 and I said, Bishop, we love you so much. We thank you for what you're doing. We're going to bless you. And it happened every Sunday. And I walked away with $5,000. Let's just say it was once a month. $5,000. That would only take me as far as a car payment, groceries, and maybe, maybe the boys' haircuts. We're not talking rent. We're not talking about gas in the car. When I talk about credit cards, you all understand what I'm saying? For, for a household of nine, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not living beyond my means. I'm living exactly where I need to live because if I didn't have seven children, I wouldn't need five, six bedrooms. If I had two children, all I need is really two bedrooms because two of y'all can stay in one room and me and her stay in another room. 
<laughs> Y'all gonna stay in the same two in the same bedroom until somebody graduates. Until I can take a couch. Until I buy a house. But why why go into debt when we can all sacrifice so we can get a house? Mama tell mama this is different for my family. Anyway, so so now watch. If that was the case, truthfully, answer in your mind, how many people on how many people every Sunday give hundred dollars to the bishop in his hand? Just want y'all, I'm, I'm trying to get us to see, because everybody, the, the church and I mean, the people in the world have bought into the church, you're giving your money to the preacher. Right. Right. If $5,000 a month couldn't sustain my family, right. and if everybody in the church, and plus we got this place, right. with all of our bills, I, mean, I want y'all to hear, hear this, because most pastors aren't courageous enough to say it. If it takes over 5000 for my family to make it, and then it takes a little over 4000 for the church to make it per month, then my question is, if every person here every Sunday isn't giving $100, how are we making it? Think about your offering you gave today. You didn't get $100. Maybe you did, but most of us didn't. So the question is, and the statement has to be changed that the preacher is taking your money. The church is robbing you of your money because ain't nothing to rob. We just started receiving salary after 13 years of nothing. And right now we're on part-time salary with the church. After 13, who gonna work for 13 years for free? If you here, come on, the church needs you tonight. Who's going to work 24 hours, be on call for 13 years and don't cry about it and complain about it and be available and, and preach your, and, and do your wedding and do a funeral for somebody who don't even go to church that's related to you. Who's going to do that for free? Who's going to be available for you to call them 24 hours a day? My foot hurt, pray for me. Junior going back to college, pray for him. What's the Lord saying about this situation? Let me explain it to you. For three hours, you could have just said that in one sentence. Right? Who does that unless they love God and love God's people? I'm not, now listen, no, no, don't clap. I'm not saying it to brag on me. I'm saying that to, to teach y'all something. When God blesses you, when the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and has no sorrow with it, then it has everything to do with, watch this, what he does rather than what people can do. I've had to tell people who had money, leave, go. Good money. You're not, you're not going to come here and, and your money going to cause you to, to break up God's people and to ruin the house of God because you have influence outside these four walls doesn't mean you come here and do whatever you want to do and I can't tell you that you're off and wrong. We've had to tell people, take your money and go somewhere else because they use the money as the, as the card. I've never been, I've never, I've never been a man, man that has been pushed by money. How much people had, how much they don't have. My thing is, I look at the soul of a person. Where do you need help at? Where can I help you at? Because in doing that, 
God opens up a blessing for me. This is the issue with the church. The issue with the church is we have so many things that we have gravitated to and held on to of what people have said about the church and money that we don't even, you, you haven't spent enough time asking God to show you the real reality. God, now let me say this. I wouldn't go to a church if I couldn't ask God to show me the heart of my leader. Show me the heart of my man of God. Show me the heart. Is he money hungry? Is he a womanizer? Is he sleeping with women in the church and trying to hide it? Come on, y'all say something to me. Why, why go to a church and the, en and the enemy don't want you to, 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 to come in and be fruitful in a place? All because of something that happened before at another church. Or something that some crazy folk done told you about me. There has to be, especially when it comes to money, there has to be prayer, understanding God's word, and hearing his voice. If you, don't, if you don't fall into those categories of praying, well, open my eyes, let me see the real. Hearing the voice of God and knowing the word of God, the enemy will always keep you in a place of financial lack and poverty. Amen. Stand on your feet. It's going to have to be, even when it's time to sow, you got to hear God. Lord, Holy Spirit will prompt you. Yes, give, sow, 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 give, give, give. It's your time to do this. It's your time to He'll always prompt you to do because God knows the blessing that's coming next. Say, Lord, I know you know. Say, I know you know what's coming next. Ask Holy Spirit, say, always prompt me so that I can stay blessed. You know what I pray every day? I, 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 ask, I really ask Holy Spirit, show me when and where to give. Teach me how to be a sower. Show me when and where to give. I sow offers in church, but I also bless people's lives. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do it for Facebook likes. You know, some people, we're here out here today. We're sowing into the, we're sowing into the homeless. We're sowing into, we're here at the, at the, at the field mission. We're giving hundred dollars. All the people, take the picture quick. <laughs> if you do, if you do, now watch this. Off tithe and offering is to be done publicly. Alms is to be done secretly. Tithe and offering public. Jesus was sitting, watching people give. What was that? Uh-huh, what was that? What you give? Mm-mm, ain't it. But Jesus was watching, folks. That was public. He was looking at the offers they was giving. Put it in my hand. Let me see. $100, go back. You got more than that. $50, come on. We would have had a fit with Jesus. We would have been upset with Jesus. Jesus, all oh, give my Jesus here, here my twenty dollars. Jesus, like please, Jesus, don't 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 embarrass me. You got more than twenty dollars. You know, you know, you you know, I, you know, my spirit prompted you to get fifty. Go back and get that fifty. We would have a fit with Jesus. But I go back to that church. Jesus, Jesus, all in my business. I hate you. I hate. We would have been upset. They were doing giving was done publicly, but the Bible says when you give alms to men arms when you're helping somebody's life when you're blessing the stranger the orphan or the widow when you're blessing a homeless person when you're when you're going to the shelter he says do that in secret don't let everybody know you're doing it don't don't broadcast your church from from the mission don't broadcast from the homeless shelter you can ask for help at your church on Facebook 
but don't broadcast what you're doing for the world to see it he says because when I bless you if you can hold back from letting everybody know how much of a humanitarian you are if you can hold back from letting the world know how many people you helped this week he says the same God that watched you do it in secret this is why I'm blessed this is why, this is why my family makes it because the same God that watches what we do in secret is the same God that rewards us. You know when people say, how you do that? Oh, because I'm a sower. I'm a sower. I sow everything I got. You want a suit? Come to my house. You want a tie? Come to my house. You want my shoes? Come get them. You want my watch? Here. You want to know why? Because it wasn't me that got it. Mm. None of it belongs to me. LaShonda, none of it does. If any man needs a suit and you can wear my size, come, come see me. I'll give you five suits today. Any man, any man who wears my size, you need, you need suits, I got five suits today that I can give you. I'm not saying that to, to brag. I'm saying that to let you know. You need shirts? Come see me. You need clothing? Come see me. You need a watch? Come see me. You wonder why? Because I didn't ask God to give it to me for me. I asked him to give it to me so I could be a blessing. I tell y'all, I say it all the time, we are blessed to be a blessing. God ain't bless you for you to just have a whole bunch of stuff in your closet that you don't, that you can't part with. God ain't bless you with that car for you to only pick up your favorites. You have what you have because part of being a kingdom citizen means at any time God should be able to use it or have you give it. God either wants to use it or he wants you to give it. In the case of Peter, let me use your boat. In other, in other cases, the rich man, he says, go and, and, and sell everything you have. Give it to the poor and come back here to follow me. He said, I can't do that. That's too much. He said, yeah, you can't make it into my kingdom can't make it into my kingdom. Why? Because if you're going to be in my kingdom, you got to be a sower. And you got to be okay with losing everything again. You got to be okay with going back down to zero and letting God show you that if I'm the one that built you up the first time, and I'm the same God that was, that was doing this yesterday, today and forevermore I'll be God. And if I'm the one that really gave all of it to you, if your testimony is God did this, then why are you holding it so tight? If God gave you the job, then why are you putting it over him? Your breath is on loan from somebody else. Why in the world would you have his breath on loan in your body and you willfully live in sin? I don't understand the mentality of that. My, every time I go, <sighs> it's on loan from him. It's on loan from him. Let's take a deep breath. Let it out. That's loaned breath. That's hit. That's that's God's breath in you. He breathed into your nostrils the breath of life. And if that's what, if you're on on borrowed air, then why in the world wouldn't you give your life to Him and, and allow Him to allow Him to do what He wants to do in your life? And why wouldn't you take His word at face value and let and let the word prosper you? Hear me, everywhere you go, you're going to prosper. 
Say everywhere I go. We break the mindset of situations have to be right. Circumstances have to be a certain way. I break that mindset out of God's people today. Wherever you go, the blessing of the Lord is going to show up with you. Whatever you do, God, he says, I'm going to prosper you. And you're going to prosper everywhere you go. Not because you begged me for it. Not because you spoke in tongues 40 hours before you went into your job. But because you are doing, understanding, and knowing my word. Get people, God, get in relationship with the word again. Get in relationship with the word. Read the word. Find every verse that coincides with every problem you're dealing with. If it's financial, find it. If it's mental, if it's emotional, find it. Stand on it. Read it. Study it. Memorize it. Say it. And then do it. That will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on him because he trusted in me. I can say that a thousand times, but until my mind starts trusting in him, it won't be activated. Perfect peace will never be activated until I get my mind stayed, stayed on him. So my job is doing that word. My mind has to get on him. In everything, I got to see him. In all things, I got to understand what he wants to do. I got to keep him at the forefront of my mind. When I do that, I activate that word, perfect peace comes. Now I'm seeing, woo, this thing is real. Because God said, before my word ever fails, heaven and earth will pass away. He put so much value on his word that he said, if you will do my word and it doesn't work for you, then I'll erase heaven and earth and we'll start all over again. And it'll say, in the beginning again. We haven't had one of those. Whoever the oldest person in here is, we know at least that many years has, has passed and the word of God is still working. His word will never return back to him void. But it will accomplish. Hear me. Work the word. Get the word. Work the word. Say the word. Know the word. And everybody say, do the word. Father, our hands are lifted in your presence. I feel such a glory of God.